Well, it's always great when you can get a national voice on the show. And let's welcome in Adam Rittenberger of ESPN, senior college football writer there. Always great to have him on. Before we do, guys, a reminder, please leave us a rating, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. We are there with Heartland College Sports. Please, if you leave that rating and review, we'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail. Just send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we'll get the koozie in the mail for you. All right, Adam, I want to start off with just a a big-picture question here for you. We are one month into the college football season, so we've got some games under our belts. Which conference has surprised you the most thus far? Well, you know, I, I, yeah, it may be the Big 12, uh, and I, I think a lot of people didn't know what to make of this league coming into the year. Everyone knew Oklahoma would be really good, but would they be able to sustain offensively with Jalen Hurts coming in from Alabama? And, and not only have they done that, but they've even exceeded in some ways their production the last couple of years, and you know, they've been better defensively with Alex Grinch. And, you know, I, but I think there's a lot of mystery. I mean, 40% of the league turned over with new coaches, and you know, what, how is West Virginia going to be with a pretty depleted roster? How is Kansas State going to be with a new coach there replacing a Hall of Famer and Bill Snyder? And you've seen you know, some real improvement uh, with those programs. Baylor's been a nice surprise. Uh, we don't know yet really what to make of them, but a strong start for Matt Rule's team. And then, um, you know, elsewhere, the SEC has been really, really deep at the top. I think that uh, wasn't a huge shock. The Big Ten also some really good depth. And I, I think the Pac-12, even though, even though they don't have a, an elite team per se, they have a lot of very good in their conference. And I think people kind of miss uh, you know, what's really going on with the Pac-12 because they might uh, already be out of the playoff chase. I don't think they are, but I think oh, you know, the, the, the first month hasn't been a bad month for the Pac-12. Absolutely. Adam Rittenberg's joining us here at ESPN. So, Adam, as, as you look at you know where this, this season is trending, um, obviously everyone's talking about Oklahoma-Clemson, although Clemson's getting a little less love, uh, struggle with UNC, the conference is not that great. Do you see any way, I mean, I was thinking about this and we talked about it last week on our show, any way that the powers that be in the college football playoff actually look at Clemson, look at a weak ACC, a strength of schedule, and say, we could actually justify, say, a one-loss SEC team over an undefeated Clemson. Could that ever happen in this environment? Yeah, you know, it's something that they'll say they consider, but I, I still think that they'll never be an undefeated Power 5 or Notre Dame team that gets left out of the playoff. I really would love to see that before thinking it's, you know, I, I just don't, I don't see that they'll sit up there and say, you know, yeah, we're just going to leave you out, even though you won your, all your games. And mm-hmm. it, yeah, there's obviously an argument that could be made depending on how things shake out in the SEC or even in the big 10, um, or if, you know, uh, you know, maybe the big 12 put, puts them in that position, but I still think Clemson, they may not get the same benefit of the doubt as Alabama has in past years with rankings, but they're still, a national champion two of the last three years. They're still an incredibly talented team with a great coaching staff. And I do believe if they find a way to run the table, they're going to get in the playoff regardless of what happens in the SEC or the other leagues. Interesting. All right, Adam, on the Big 12 in particular, um, it still feels like it's OU's conference to lose. As you stack up the Big 12 right now, has that gap shrunk between OU and everybody else and, and throw Texas in that mix? Or do you still feel like it's kind of a, a ho-hum season of Oklahoma winning the conference and um, maybe getting itself into the college football playoff? 
Well, I think it all depends on Texas. I think Texas is the one team that really can challenge OU, at least for the conference championship. And they're obviously going to meet in a couple of weeks in their rivalry game, a game that Texas won last year. And I think we're going to find out. You know, Texas uh, did some really good things in its loss to LSU. They obviously uh, struggled early in that game and it didn't, uh, didn't have enough defensively to slow down Joe Burrow and that LSU offense in the fourth quarter. But if they can make some adjustments and some strides and grow on that side of the ball, you know, they, they obviously lost so many good players uh, on defense from last year and were really kind of reloading uh, on defense coming into this year. And that's going to be the key. We know Texas can score points. They found the big plays that were missing from their offense last year when they really had to um, kind of, uh, kind of uh, uh, methodically move the ball downfield. Uh, to, to score, and so there's been some positive developments there, but Oklahoma has done nothing, I guess I would say, to uh, lead us to believe they won't win the conference because uh, they've been phenomenal on offense. Uh, Jalen Hurts has given them even a different element, I think, with that consistent run threat at quarterback, a quarterback that's willing to take off and run, maybe even more so than the last two were, and then defensively they've gotten better under Alex Grinch, which hasn't shocked me at all. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to be tough to catch OU this year, but I think we'll find out a little bit more when those two teams meet in Dallas. Could we really see, Adam, a, a situation where three different Oklahoma players win a Heisman Trophy in three straight years? Of course, if it's Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and Jalen Hurts this year. I mean, we're only a month in, but but how likely do you think that is at this point? Well, it's possible. I mean, Jalen has put up incredible numbers uh, for OU. And, you know, that, I think there was a stat that was put out after their game against Texas Tech where they averaged something like 10.4 yards per play offensively and their season average went down. I mean, it's just incredible what uh, that offense has become under Lincoln Riley. And he's got a great coaching staff. His offensive line coach, Bill Biedenboe, may be the best in the country or one of the best in the country for sure. And, uh, you know, I, I, I do wonder, though, with all these other candidates, if all things are relatively equal, will that work against Jalen Hurts in the final voting? Will voters say, you know what, we can't give it to the Oklahoma quarterback yeah. three years in a row, even though he might have really good numbers and maybe deserving of it. Uh, you know, right now you need other guys to fall off. You need Joe Burrow to fall off at, uh, at LSU. Maybe the biggest competition is, is the guy that, 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 uh, that Jalen obviously was teammates with the last few years and the reason why he's at Oklahoma to a tongue of Iloa at Alabama has had great numbers early on this season. Justin Fields at Ohio State has been really good. Sam Ellinger at Texas has been really good. So that's going to be a matchup in Dallas of, of two you know, you know, real Heisman contenders, one obviously getting more attention in, in Hurts, but if Ellinger goes and out, outperforms them and Texas wins that game and they're suddenly the team to beat in the Big 12, you know, that changes a lot of things. I, I do think it's going to be difficult, uh, but, wow, if, this, if these numbers keep up, you know, the voters like myself might not have a yeah. choice. And uh, Jalen would certainly be a deserving player for that award. Hey guys, it's Pete Mundo. And as we get going with conference play here in the Big 12, we're going to be placing all our bets with mybookie.ag. And I hope you will as well. I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the absolute best. They've got the latest lines for the Big 12. And you can even continue to bet as the game goes on with in-game live betting. That's pretty cool. I'm going to be trying it this season. So if you join my bookie now, you'll double your first deposit with the promo code BIG12. That's BIG12 to activate the offer at mybookie.ag. You can't beat it. They'll double that first 
deposit with a minimum deposit of $45, maximum deposit of $1,000. And you can try that parlay. I always give it a shot. Got to be honest, doesn't end up too well, but it's fun. And that's what this is about. So check it out. MyBookie.ag, promo code BIG12, that's BIG12, for a 100% sign-up bonus. MyBookie.ag, you play, you win, you get paid. Adam Rittenberg's joining us, senior writer uh, for college football at ESPN, talking some Big 12 with him here on the show. All right, uh, Adam, when you look at that that Tier 2 in the Big 12, and we mentioned OU Texas, but when you look at the Baylors, the Iowa States, the Oklahoma States, the Kansas States of this conference, I mean, every week's going to be topsy-turvy, right? You throw in TCU. we got TCU-Iowa State this weekend. That should be a close game as well. Baylor-Kansas State. We'll learn a lot about that middle of the pack in the conference. Is there a team right now in that middle of the pack of the Big 12 that has surprised you or impressed you more than the rest? Well, you know, I think, I, I think I'm impressed with a couple of things in that league. I, I think Oklahoma State uh, has been really impressive, especially on offense with that triple threat they have. Uh, Tylen Wallace we knew about. You know, Tuba Hubbard we knew about a little bit, but, but not to this extent. He's been phenomenal for, for the Cowboys at running back. And, and then Spencer Sanders you know, coming in as a true freshman has really done some impressive things for their offense. I spoke with their offensive coordinator, Sean Gleason, last night about, about Sanders and, and managing him and just how talented he is and, and kind of what they want ideally uh, you know, in terms of touches for those three guys. And they're still working their way towards that. But, man, if the, if the growth can, can continue for Oklahoma State, I really like them as a team that can rise up uh, into that top group. You know, Baylor has found ways to win, and in talking to their coach Matt Rule on, on Sunday, you know, it's, it, what he said is he thinks the Big 12 is starting to become more of a well-rounded league. You know, we know that obviously offense is everything in this conference or has been, and there's some really good offenses, but he, he pointed to teams like Texas and TCU and now Oklahoma. Uh, Iowa State's been one of those teams that can play defense, that can play special teams in addition to scoring some points, and now Baylor is finding that. You know, they, they've settled into a defensive alignment, a three-down front that's really helped some of their players in the back end uh, play a little freer, and, you know, they, they shut out Iowa State for three quarters and then had to win the game on special teams. So, you know, we'll find out more about them. You mentioned the Kansas State game. Uh, you know, they have Oklahoma State on the road on October 19th. But, uh, you know, those two teams have certainly impressed me in different ways early this season. Adam Rittenberg, ESPN, is joining us. Uh, Adam, you know, you, as you wrote about this, actually, Power 5 coaches on the hot seat. You did not have a single Big 12 coach on there. Now, there's only 10 teams. They had four new coaches this year, so that's not unusual. And that's, uh, we talked about that going into the season. There really is not that coach in the hot seat. But when you talk about guys like Matt Campbell, there's always a rumor about where Matt Campbell might be going. Matt Rule apparently has had some NFL interest, even though he just signed a big extension. Lincoln Riley gets talked about in the NFL. Uh, is there a coach in the Big 12 that you think, whether by his own doing or not, is more likely to be gone than some of the others in that conference? Well, the two names you have to start out with, I think, are Lincoln Riley and, and Matt Campbell. You know, Lincoln, with what he's done offensively and producing the last two number one overall NFL draft picks, is going to have NFL interest. I think if he wants to be an NFL head coach, he'll have that opportunity in the near future. But does he want to be that NFL head coach? He's had such a great program now, and he could be there for many, many years. He just followed a guy in Bob Stoops who was at Oklahoma for a very long time and had great success. And so you know, that's a decision he's going to have to make, but the opportunities are going to be there because everybody wants a piece of what he's doing offensively and trying to translate that 
uh, to all levels, whether it's college or obviously the NFL. Uh, you know, Matt Campbell's name is still very hot uh, in, in terms of coaching circles. Now, I don't think there's a lot of places that Matt will leave for. I, I think you know, you're looking mainly at the Michigans, the Notre Dame, you know, Penn State, maybe Michigan State. Those are the type of programs. You know, he's from Ohio. I think that he's likelier to do that than, than, say, go out to USC if that job comes open. But he's very well regarded, although they might not have a good enough season. This is kind of a theme around, you know, kind of the coaching cycle this year that there, there's some big names that may not have the season to really pop and, and, and be top candidates depending on which job opens. Matt Campbell's one of them. I think Dino Babers at Syracuse after that 10-win season is another. And so th- those two names, they didn't, you know, I wouldn't rule out Matt Matt Rule, no pun intended, but the fact is he just signed a, a, an extension. You know, he, he would have to pay a lot of money or a team would have to pay a lot of money if they wanted to hire him. He did interview for NFL jobs the last two years. The one to watch there, you know, is if, if USC comes open and, and Urban Meyer isn't the pick and James Franklin is the pick, you know, Penn State, that would make a lot of sense, obviously, for Matt being a Penn State guy. But I, I don't know if Penn State would be willing to, you know, pay out that type of money for him after what he just agreed to at Baylor. And I got to imagine there, Adam, I mean, you know, these agents, they all know what's going on behind the scenes. Matt Rule didn't need to sign this extension he signed this week. Uh, if there was an, an an angle to that Penn State job that he knew might be available, uh, he, he might have avoided signing the contract, right? Well, yeah, and you have to, that's something you have to talk about with your representatives, all yeah. the different possibilities. I mean, we, again, the thing we know is that Matt, Uh, did very well in his interviews the last two years with the Colts and the Jets. And, you know, even though he's only spent, I think, one year of his career in the NFL, he's very much connected to that league. And so that's the other factor. Do you want to be an NFL head coach? Do you want to be an NFL head coach in the near future? You know, if, if, if you want to coach in college again, would you take USC? Would you take Penn State? So those are all conversations that they had. And then Baylor is trying to be proactive. Mac Rhodes, their AD has been really proactive um, after uh, you know, everything that happened there, the scandal that happened there, to tr- create some stability. And, and they've done that now with Matt Rule, and he seems to be on board with the idea of being the Baylor coach for the foreseeable future. So that's a really good thing for Baylor. Now it's not going to stop you know, NFL teams or, or Penn State or USC or whoever from, from seeing if he would be interested, but at least they got out ahead of this uh, from, to try to protect their own interests. Absolutely. Adam Rittenberg, ESPN, is joining us. Uh, Adam, you know, when you look at the bottom of this conference right now, it looks like it's shaping up in some way, shape, or form to be Kansas, uh, West Virginia. We knew they were both rebuilding one more than the other, obviously. And Texas Tech with the injury to Alan Bowman looks like it could be a rough uh, rough season as well with what they have there. All three new head coaches as well, and Matt Wells, Neil Brown, and Les Miles. Uh, which one of these coaches do you have the most confidence in in, in really turning around and riding their respective ship? Well, I, I think long-term, Neil Brown. Neil Brown is going to turn out to be an incredible hire for West Virginia. I know they have some inherent challenges there. They're very much an outlier geographically. Don't have maybe some of the resources that some of the other schools that are competing for Big 12 championships have. But you know, in following Neil for many years, I really like uh, you know the, his approach. I think you're already seeing you know, maybe a little bit better results than, than many thought. Uh, going into the season, and now it's going to get tougher for them, and they have Texas coming up, and you know we'll find out just where they're at, Iowa State and Oklahoma. So the next the next three or four weeks are going to be a real challenge for West Virginia, but they're finding ways to run the ball, even though they don't have a great situation at running back. Um, you know they're, they're they're doing enough defensively, even though they they lost a lot of their key players on that side of the ball. So 
I, I just think long term, that's a place that we're going to be talking about as a contender. Also, you know, have respect for Matt, Matt Wells and Les Miles and you know, Les had that big win at Boston College. It's going to be a little bit of a rough ride, as you mentioned, it seems like for Texas Tech. But, you know, Matt had really good success at Utah State. He's a good coach. He knows the area as an Oklahoma native. So I think he's going to do pretty well. But of those three, I, I'm, I'm most uh, excited about the long-term outlook for Neil Brown in West Virginia. Last thing for you, Adam Rittenberger is joining us of uh, ESPN, college football senior writer there. So, Adam, you know, Big 12 fans um, often feel like they get overlooked as a conference and, and with their teams outside of, of course, o- OU in Texas. Uh, you're a national guy, so I always like to na- ask national people this. What is, what is your perception and what do you believe you and your colleagues as national college football writers' perception is of the Big 12 and the attention or lack of attention it may get? You mean just as far as the playoff goes? Or, yeah, the or playoff, just in, uh, just, just in general, the conference as a whole. But, yeah, you could say in respect to the playoff in other ways. Yeah, I, mean, I was at Big, Te- Big 12 Media Day for the first time this year in July down at AT&T Stadium. It was a really exciting event on the field and everything. But it did strike me, you know, having covered the Big Ten for many years and you know, being around the SEC and other leagues, just the amount of attention on two programs. And I think that's what's working against the Big 12 right now is that, you know, it's all about OU and Texas. Now, for the playoff conversation, it's kind of perfect. I've long argued that you only want, you know, two real alphas that are in contention for the playoff. When, 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 when it gets to be above two, you become the Pac-12. When it's less than two, you become the ACC and you have it riding on one team every year. And so in that respect, the Big 12 is in really good shape. But in terms of national attention, you know, Mike Gundy gets some because of his personality and, they have an exciting offense, but you know, TCU has been a terrific program for a really long time. They have a great coach in Gary Patterson. You never hear about TCU. Now, is that TCU's fault? Is it our fault in the media? It's just the reality. You never hear about TCU. You know, Baylor had some buzz, obviously, uh, you know, from the Robert Griffin era to you know, what, what Art Bryles was doing for a while, but they, you know, they went through, obviously, a very tough time, and, and no one's really talking about them. So I, I think it's hard when you're, you're clustered in an area – you know, uh, so many teams in the state of Texas or the state of Oklahoma or the state of Kansas, those aren't huge populated areas. And when those teams aren't contending for the college football playoff, there's kind of a natural, hey, let, let's look over, over here and, and, and spend time on this other conference. Well, he's Adam Rittenberg, ESPN. Great to have him on. Appreciate the insight, Adam. Thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate it. I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me on. He's Adam Rittenberg, ESPN. Great to have him on, senior college football writer there. Uh, Appreciate his time. And if you enjoy what you heard, please leave us a rating, review, subscribe. That helps us a lot. And in return, we'll send you that free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail. Uh, You can't lose, guys. Can't lose. We win. You win. Everybody wins. Appreciate it. Enjoy it. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Take care.